You're listening to the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 69 of the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Chris this week. Chris, how are you tonight? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Craig. Yeah, yeah, not too bad, thank you. Good. We'll start this week's show by discussing the news from the past seven days. Unfortunately, Blues midfielder Heidi Logan has been ruled out for at least three months after injuring her anterior cruciate ligament in training. The 18-year-old will undergo surgery on her knee soon. According to the NHS website, it is recommended you do not return to sport for at least six months after having surgery for an ACL injury. It's her first uh, season with the first team, Chris, first professional contract, and for it to begin like this is a bit of a shame. Yeah, it's a huge blow for her, and you you feel absolutely gutted for her. Um, you know, like you say, 18 years of age, um, come through the the academy, the centre of excellence. You know, you, you get your, you know, the thing that, you know, all, all kids dream of that first professional contract, um, training with the first team day in, day out. Um, and then to be hit with this, it's it really is absolutely gutting for her. Um, and like you say, it's, if you if you're looking at six six plus months, um, you, you know you, you're talking the rest of the season, aren't you? Because we probably go to May then. So um, it is. It's a real shame. Um, the one silver lining that I can think. Um, is that she's surrounded by players that obviously, you know, it, it, it's a tight knit squad. So I think the players will will be there for her, you know, throughout her rehabilitation. Um, and obviously, you know, again, the 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 big silver lining, which which she won't be thinking of at the moment, you know, she'll be absolutely devastated. But she's got Rachel um, and Lucy Staniforth there as well, um, who have who have had the similar injuries, um, you know, who have gone through what she's going through. Um, so at least she's not on her own in that sense. And, and hopefully she can take some, uh, you know, some positives from the way that Stan and Rachel have come back um, from those injuries and, and kept playing at, at the highest level. Um, yeah. And, and we hope that when she's, when she's back, she can do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, there's players in the squad who have been through what she has, and it's more the mental aspect of this um, injury that Definitely. usually can affect players. And to have players like Rachel and Lucy have been through it and can keep an eye on her, really, and make sure she doesn't go down a dark path. Because when, you, when you're um, longing to play something that you really care about and it's taken away from you, it can send you on a dark path. And yeah. to have those players around you to look out for those signs and try and get you back on the on the right path um both in terms of recovery and like keeping your mental state right is great to have and that's hopefully what she'll get from the club and for everyone involved going forward um in a in a nicer story now it's um the academy side picked up a 2-1 win over manchester united last wednesday it was their third win of the season which takes them up into fourth position thanks to goals from missy goodwin and abby jones 
It's uh, good to see Chris. They're obviously Man United a new side up into this like level of academy football, but we're proving that we're capable of beating them in, in the at least the youth youth level, and then we'll see in the league later this season. Yeah, it's just good for you know for to, to keep getting positive results um, and to have a, a winning atmosphere around the club. I think you know that obviously there'll be players in in that first team, you know. Heidi Logan herself, who, who probably know, um, you know, will we'll know the girls in the academy side in the RTC. Um, you know, and I think just that winning, that winning factor, that winning atmosphere around the club. Um, you know, they'll they'll be delighted for the girls and and the coaching staff and everyone. And um, you know, as you say, you hope that that stands them in good stead if if they were to be used at some point in. In, in the first team squad, which the size of our first team squad, there's there's certainly every chance that they, you know, it, it, if somebody is a standout player in that in that academy squad, then then who's to say they can't be part of the first team squad this season at some point? So, um, you know, if they're winning games and gaining confidence, then that's good for that's good for the future, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the academy side, I've noticed a more concerted effort from the club to highlight our youth setup in recent weeks. They've advertised the game against United on social media prior to it. And this Saturday, they released a graphic that details the next games for the first team, the academy team and even the RTC team. I'll have to ask someone so I can credit the right people for this, but it's great to see the club taking a greater interest in the youth sides and promoting the fact that we have such a great youth setup and we have done for a number of years. Agreed. Yeah, um, completely agree. Um, yeah, the the fixture list uh, is a really good idea. Um, you know, and and obviously with the with the way we've gone this season, introducing a few. You know, as a club over the years, we've never been shy to, you know, of introducing players that have come through the ranks into the first team squad. And obviously this season we've got. We've got a number of those as well, um, and if that's the way we're going to continue to go to to try and blood our own, if you like, um, and have these girls come through, then it's great for fans that they get to see these girls playing in the academy and then coming all the way through to the first team. You know, they'll be they'll be recognisable when they get into the first team. Um, you know, and, and it makes you feel. I think it makes them feel part of the club as well. Um, you know, rather than just just a side note, if you like, the, you know, the academy side are doing well, but let's not worry about them. It's all about the first team. It's, you know, we obviously want to want to introduce a, a one club ethos um, with the men and the women, which are they're trying to do. But also on the women's side, they're trying to get as many as many of the girls involved as possible and feel part of it, which I think is is important. Yeah, absolutely. As we talked about, I think it was last week about the um, player signings linking the men and the women's side together this is just another step where we're building bridges between different teams in the women's game so it's even better it just continues the as you say the one club ethos we were a bit critical yeah. of that last season about how they went about it but it seems like they're finally making moves in the positive sense this season yeah there, there's improvements being made definitely and i think you know as, as time goes on people will learn from learn from mistakes and learn what what they did well and what they did wrong and what what they can do better and things like that. But you know, just from a personal point of view, I look I think back to to when we 
you know, you used to go and see the the academy side and the underage groups coming through, um, and they used to play over over Erd in some way. I think it was, um, you know, and it was it was mighty difficult to to get that information of of when they were playing, where they were playing, um, and at what time kickoff was. You know, you 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 really had to dig deep, and um, a lot of the time it was being reliant on on speaking to some of the players and them telling you where 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 and when they were playing um to go and see them so yeah for the club to be announcing things like that on twitter is is a, is a big step forward for them absolutely moving on now to the man city game then and it was unfortunately our first defeat in the conti cup competition so far this season fresh off her winning goal last week captain keris harrop was ruled out of the game with a muscle strain before we get onto the game losing someone of kez's experience ahead of the big game is never ideal chris no, in obviously, you know, we, we know what Keris we know what Keris means to the side and, and what she brings, um, you know, on and off the pitch. We we spoke about it last week. Um you know, so obviously that was that was a big disappointment that, that she wasn't available to us, but um, you know, obviously a muscle strain you can't you can't be too careful with, with those. Um, you know, and you'd rather I miss one game and make sure she's okay than than play through it and make it worse and she's out for the season or whatnot. So um yeah, it was you know, obviously disappointing whenever Keris doesn't play because it seems like she's she's available every week for us. So um but yeah, rest her off definitely and, and make sure she's ready for Brighton in next week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Marta in a reaction after the game said she should be back for that one. So that's a plus yeah. Uh, Blues held on strong nonetheless and went into the break 0-0 Hannah Hampton denied Pauline Bremer while Brianna Vasali went close up the other end for Birmingham After the restart Man City got the better of the Blues defence and made it count to make it 1-0 Lauren Hemp racing past Sarah Mailing before cutting it across to Ellen White who finished well at the near post We've not seen any replays of the opener but if the report is anything to go by it's a typical Ellen finish Clever running, peeling off the marker and guiding the ball into the net off the underside of the bar. As we've saw when she's played other teams that she's previously played for, Chris, such as Arsenal, Ellen loves to scoring against her former clubs. Yeah, she does. And, you know, the, the way you described it, like you say, it's uh, it, it sounds very Ellen White-esque, um, knowing exactly where to be, the right place at the right time and, uh, and making sure she puts the ball in the back of the net, which, you know, which, which she does for us on... on on regular occasions. So, um, yeah, I was, we, we, we said, mentioned this last week about the, the game over, um, over in Madrid when, when Man City went out of the Champions League, you know, I'm, I thought there might be a few changes based on, based on a few players fitness, but I was surprised to see Ellen start, obviously, you know, knowing, knowing her, her capabilities, how much she's come on as a, as a finisher and, an all-round player, really, over the last three or four years, um, you know, under the guidance of Mark. Um, you know, obviously, you're disappointed to see her start because you know what she can do to you. And obviously, in that, you know, that that first goal in the second half, um, you know, chance, a chance falls to somebody in the box, and you know, from a defensive point of view, from a Blues point of view, you hope it isn't Ellen, and and it was at that point, so. Yeah, but as 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 we will lead on to, Blues rallied back 
And Vasali's low cross was headed into the back of the net by Rachel Williams. It was an 18th League Cup goal for the club in just 12 League Cup appearances. She certainly loves a cup goal and a cup game, rather. Um, the joy was short-lived, though, as Caroline Weir picked the ball up midway through the Birmingham half, ran forward and fired a long-range effort over Hannah and into the net. It finished 2-1. I thought um, Hannah might have done better with this one. Have you seen the clip, Chris? I have seen the clip. Uh- yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm just being harsh, but I think some other fans on social media believe it was a too good of a strike. But I've seen better from Weir, and it wasn't in the corner. I know it was a looping, powerful effort, but it wasn't mm. unstoppable. I just thought maybe Hannah might have thought she could have done better with that one, but she, her standards are quite high because she's played so well recently. Yeah, and I think, you know, if, if you're being hypercritical, like you say, which, you know, if Hannah's got um, aspirations to play for England at at some stage, then you know her, her standards have to be incredibly high. Um, I think, you know, looking back on it in hindsight, I think if she's on her line, that doesn't go in. Um, you know, she probably she probably tips it over, or you know, if she if she's bang on her line, she could probably catch it, jump and catch it. But you know, I think the distance that Weir is out has probably caught her out a little bit. Um, and whether it's whether it's a footwork that she can't she can't quite get back in time or not. It, listen, it's a good strike from where let's not take let's not take that away from her. But um yeah, I think as as you say, if she's on her line, I don't think it goes in. But um I think it's you know, the the quick thinking of Caroline Weir and, you know, how far is she at uh, how far out she is, sorry. Um and, and the fact she's she has put it a, a lot of loop on it. Um maybe, maybe it's Hannah's misjudged the flight of it. Um, but yeah, I think the disappointing thing, obviously, the fact that we got back to 1 1, um, scoring away at Man City, um, you know, for to lose it to a goal like that, you know, if, if they tear us open and, um, you know, play us off the park, then, then you hold your hands up, really. But a, a loopy goal like that is always a, a frustrating way to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Phil Neville was there, so he'll be impressed by Caroline Weir. So maybe 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 she's got more chance of getting into that Olympic squad for next year. I she's obviously played very well. Last season I know she played very well as well. So she would she would deserve a place in that team, I think. She's one of the Scottish players I think have have nailed on and get a position here. Phil has sense. But we'll 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 obviously see that uh, next year when he announces the squad. if if we're relying on Phil having sense, then uh, she'll be she'll be missing out on the squad. Then obviously, the defeat leaves Birmingham a third in the League Cup group, equal on points with Man City, equal on goals scored. I think equal on goal difference. Who are in uh, yeah. Man City are in second, but we have a worse head-to-head record due to the two-one defeat. We have one more game left, home at home against Manchester United, while Man City have an away game at against Everton. We will need to better their result to advance to the next round. Chris, you you obviously um, playing devil's advocate on on social media. Um, put a scoreline. What if so many goals scored by us, so many scored mm. by Man United and City? Obviously, if it ends like that, it's going to be a, a bit of a bit of a hard one for the um, <laughs> le- people who be, people who are in charge. But realistically, I think we need to better better the result uh, result of Man City's game. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, obviously you'd you'd fully expect Man United to beat Leicester. Um, which would put United on nine points, um, which, as you say, and I think, I think realistically, you'd 
you'd expect, you know, when when City need to win, you'd expect them to beat Everton away from home. I think they did 1-0 earlier on in the season in the league, was it? Did they beat them 1-0? Um, yeah, it was a very tight game, but they got the yeah, win, I think. I think that the conditions were, were pretty appalling that day as well, so that might have played a part in in the scoreline only being 1-0. But I think, you know, obviously they'll be... If if it is that it goes down to that last game um, and both teams need to better each other's result, there'll be people on, on, on the touchline finding out the result of the other game, what's going on at the other game and things like that. So um, I'm sure it'll be swinging to and fro. But ultimately, we know that we, you know, first and foremost, we have to win that game against Man United. We have to win our game because you'd expect, you know, you'd fully expect Man City to beat Everton. So we know we're going to have to win that game against Man United. Um, you know, that, that that's the only thing we can we can control on the day. Um, and, and we have to wait and see what happens in the City-Everton game afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. I noticed that Everton have announced that game is going to be Marine as opposed to Southport. So I don't know if okay. they're trying to think, get an advantage with a smaller ground, that they think they're going to get a better atmosphere oh well if we remember when we, i mean they're out yeah. aren't they so you know that they, they can't qualify for um for the next stage um unless have they only played two i think so i think they've got two games left uh, so they might be they, they they could beat leicester and then hope that they beat man city um and hope man united beat us and and they sneak in that way but yeah I think realistically, it, it's going to be between us and City, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so. We now turn our attention to the weekend on England's big test against Germany in front of a sold-out crowd at Wembley Stadium. Earlier today, it was announced that former Blues keeper Sophie Bagley has been called up to train with the senior squad. Something I think we can all agree is long overdue, Chris. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I would agree with that. Um, you know, the, the, the keepers that are in the squad. I don't think she's a million miles away from those. So, um, yeah, she's been a, a a very, very consistent goalkeeper for for two or three years now in this division, whether it be in a blue shirt or a Bristol shirt. So, um, yeah, I think it's she, she deserved a call up. Um, you know, when when you consider the, the 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 performances that the other goalkeepers are putting in week in week out, yeah. Or well, some keepers aren't even getting games. <laughs> As a, as a, as a, very true, very true. Yeah, you know who you know who they are. That I'm I referring do. to, obviously. Yeah, and everyone probably know. does. If every if everyone watches the w, Women's Super League, they'll know who I'm on about. But <laughs> she's in the squad at the moment. As far as the squad goes, though, it's as you were really. The squad includes Blues's own Lucy Staniforth, who appears to be have solidified her place in the squad after a good month for her club side. I expect Phil Neville to go for a tried and tested starting 11 against Germany. I would expect Carly Telford maybe in goal. Lucy Bronze at right back. Steph Horton alongside Millie Bright or Leah Williamson in the mid- in the centre of the defence with Demi Stokes at left back. Jill Scott, Kira Walsh and Jordan Nobbs in midfield with Beth Mead, Nikita Paris and Ellen White up top. Is that the kind of lineup you would expect, Chris, on Saturday night? Amazing. Very, very, very close. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the the goalkeeper one's an interesting one, but as you say, I think this this whole this whole game, this whole spectacle, really has has had a feel of um, the senior players deserve this moment, if you like. 
Um, so yeah, I would very, very much be surprised if it isn't, you know, 10 slash 11 of the players that you've just mentioned are in there. Um, you know, Telford in goal, the, the career she's had, but it, it feels like it's, and really you we're using it you know in the wrong way if you like you know you've got a sold out Wembley against Germany um I hope it doesn't feel like it's a here's your reward for for doing what you've done in the women's game if you know what I mean um but as you say the the lineup that you've just reeled off it wouldn't surprise me if it's very similar to that um and I think that is a okay you know, here, here's your moment that, that you all waited for, really. Um, but if it is a team like that, then, um, you know, we, we, we could be in a bit of bother. Possibly. I would probably go for Ellie Roebuck on myself over Carly Telford for this one. She's had more game time in recent months after all. But I could I could see him playing Telford because Telford's the more experienced keeper yeah. for this sort of game. Uh, England have not added the best of time since their lacklustre display against Sweden at the World Cup. A free free draw with Belgium. A 2-1 defeat to Norway, a 2-1 defeat to Brazil, and of course a fortuitous 1-0 win over Portugal. If we get a hammering in this one, Chris, is this the end for Phil Neville? No. No, I don't think um I don't think a battering against Germany will be the end for Phil Neville. I think I think people within the game will ask serious questions. Um I think decent journalists will ask serious questions. Um, obviously, the support, the support. I think a lot of supporters have already made their mind up. Um, but yeah, in terms of, I, I think he'll be there at the Olympics, no matter what happens. I think he'll take charge of GB, um, regardless of whether we lose every single game between now and uh, and the Olympics, which obviously we won't. I think we've got a Czech, Czech Republic. I think we've got in the friendly coming up. Yeah, um, on Tuesday, I think. You know, you're not going to lose those sorts of games, and um, yeah, I, I, like I say, I, I don't think I don't foresee anything happening um, performance-wise on the pitch that would see Phil Neville out of a job before the Olympics. With they're like they're talking a lot about 2021 in terms of preparing for that European mm. Championships. Yeah, but. Do we are we still not seeing the turnabout in players? Are we going to still see the players currently in the squad in that team in two years? The likes of Jill Scott coming towards the end. Do you think she's still going to be at the same level in two years, or is Phil just relying on them until he finds, essentially buying himself time until he finds someone who can replace them? Um, not saying she's I, not a good player because she's still no, is. yeah, of course. Um, I think Jill Scott's a funny one because. Every time you know I'm I'm in the same boat as you. There there are times when I look at Jill Scott and I think she's gone. You know the the, the legs are gone. The you know the obviously the she's a she's a skillful player, but does she suit the way we want to play? This that and the other. Can she play in the midfield too? The you know all these questions come about. And every time I'm every time I've decided that I'm writing her off completely, she goes and puts in a performance where she's the best player on the pitch. So it's it's difficult one with Jill Scott, I think, but there are there are a number of other players that you could put in the same category. But again, a home a home European Championships. We had it in two thousand and five when the game wasn't as big, um, 
but it, yeah, like I say, I think similar to the Germany, similar to this Germany friendly, a sold out Wembley. Um, I think a home European Championships. It, yeah, like you say, it's what are we a year and a half away from that? Um, I can I can still see a lot of the same names being around. Uh, almost as a you've earned this home European Championships, you deserve the chance to play in it for what you've done, um, based on your name rather than based on, on on what people are doing on the pitch. That's my fear, um, especially with Neville in charge. But um, yeah, I, like I say, I think we'll, we'll see what happens um, against Germany. We'll see what happens in the Olympics. Like I say, I don't think anything will change before the Olympics. Um, so we will have to see if if we keep playing top class in international sides and and you know not picking up not picking up victories and and keep getting progressively worse which i don't think i'm being completely controversial to say that i think we are we are worse now than we were before the world cup even um certainly worse than 2 years ago for me um then maybe they will have to make a decision before the euros because Ultimately, what's the point in having a home Euros with the game at its biggest ebb if you're going to go crashing out in the last 16 or the quarterfinals? Yeah, and as, as he keeps pointing out, this is time to be testing. It's not about results, but we're not really seeing yeah. much testing apart from maybe a few, one or two defensive changes, which are mostly forced, really, based on injuries yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, on, on the issue of age, obviously, I brought up Jill Scott, who's a good player, of course, and to prove that I'm not being ageist, um, the like the likes of Farrah Williams is probably in the best form of her career at the moment. She's she's older than Jill Scott, I believe. Mm. So if if she can still play at that level for that age, Jill Scott can still have a renaissance of her career, no doubt at the international yeah. level. So we'll see. If, even Farrah Williams, I, I can't write her off at the moment because she's scoring goals every week it seems for Reading. So mm. we'll see. We'll see how it goes anyway. Yes. It's safe to say in, uh, safe to say Germany won't be an easy game for England. They are full of confidence after winning their first four European qualifiers. They've scored 31 goals and have not conceded a single one against the likes of Ukraine, Greece and Montenegro. Back in 2018, Germany were in all kinds of trouble as Steffi Jones just couldn't get them clicking. But since then, Horst Rubisch came in as interim manager, won seven out of his eight games. This included a call-up for Anne-Katrin Berger, who was at Birmingham City at the time. Then in came Martina Voss-Tecklenburg, uh, and she's done awesome as well. 13 matches played, and she's won 11 of those. Her only defeats came in the World Cup quarterfinals against Sweden. Germany have a lot of, lot of experience in this squad, especially in midfield and up front. Jennifer Marajan has 96 caps for her country and has scored 32 goals. Lucy Bronze will know her well, plays alongside her at Lyon. You've also got the likes of PSG's Sarah de Britz, Bayern Munich's Lena Magul, Man City's Pauline Bremer, and of course the German stalwart Alexander Pop. Uh, the only real weak point, if it is a weak point, is the goalkeeper. Almuth Schultz is out due to a shoulder injury. The 28-year-old has 64 caps for her country, but her replacement have only got 18 caps between them. She will be pl- replaced by one of Merla Fromms, Laura Benkarf, or Leicher Smits, all playing top European leagues. Will that be a concern, Chris, to the manager. Be without a keeper of um, Almov's uh, quality. I think. I think the, the the biggest issue is is obviously you know that that, that um, you know the defence will will be used to playing behind 
you know, in front of that goalkeeper that's you know that's had sixty four caps rather than rather than a choice of the three that have only got eighteen between them. But um, you know, the fact that and the, the fact that uh, Anne Katzenberger can't get into that squad, um, you know, shows the the level of quality of of goalkeepers that Germany have at their disposal. Um, and I think, like you said, like you said, G- Germany are a funny one. I think you have to be very like Sweden were, I think you have to be very, very defensively sound, defensively resolute and tactically astute to to stop Germany scoring against you. I think they can be got at slightly defensively, um, but you know the 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 power and uh, and ability that they've got in the in the midfield and the front line um, is enough to frighten any team in 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 the world. Um, and I don't think tactically astute and defensively sound are things that you can throw at this England side over the last twelve months. Um, so yeah, that that would be my biggest concern about the about the game on Saturday. That um, you know, I think Germany, if they have a lot of the ball, that they will create chances. Um, and England over the last six to twelve months haven't shown that they're very good at re- uh, rebuking. Um, quality opposition. No, absolutely. And with someone like Alex Pop, who's Wolfsburg's one of their key players, someone who's very good in the air, and England have been recently very terribly with dealing with crosses and set pieces. If 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 you got Pop coming up against Horton or um Bright or Williamson, they've got to be on their game or or Pop's gonna rise above them and score into the back of the net. She's gonna be cru- the defence is going to be crucial as you say, Chris, to get anything out of this game. Yeah, hundred percent. I think set pieces. You know, I think the, the the one thing about Germany as well that you know that they're quite a big side. Uh, they're, they're a tall side um, all over the park, really. So I think set pieces will is definitely something we need to be wary of. Um, we need to defend much better at set pieces than we have done um, of late. Um, uh, if I was if I was the German coach, I think that is somewhere where I'd be identifying uh, a way to a way to get England through, through set pieces, test them aerially, like you say, in the first twenty minutes or so, um, put a few crosses in. But you know, it, 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 even without that, you know, on on the ball, playing playing the ball on the floor as well, the likes of Marajan and Deerbritz, you know, they've got so much technical ability that. They can hurt you whether they're putting crosses in from set pieces or or playing through balls through to the front line as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just before we go, we'll do some predictions, some international predictions for once. Uh, Chris, how about you go first? What do you think the score's going to be on, on Saturday? Oh, damn me. Um, I think we'll score... Um, I hope we score based on you know, the, the, the fact that occasion yeah whatever whatever you think if anybody scores at a sold out Wembley for England against Germany it'll be it'll be amazing for them um so I hope somebody gets that moment um to celebrate ultimately I think I think Germany are in a better place than us at the moment so I think I'll go 3-1 Germany Chris has gone 3-1 Germany I'm gonna go slightly more positive I'm gonna go for 2-1 to Germany that's all for this week's show. Get in touch with us at Greatson68 on Twitter to share your score predictions with us. And if you've enjoyed this week's show, please share it with your friends. And that was the Greatson68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Since 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on.